Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Thank you, Pastor Eric. Thank you for the introduction and thank you for the invitation. And thank you all for coming out today. I know it's... uh... Uh, not a typical day, right, for us to come out. It's a Thursday, Thursday evening, and then also the topic of adult wellness, right? So a lot of times, um, uh, there's a lot of definitions on what wellness means. And right now, we are living in, in such an extraordinary time because of uh, the uncertainty, right? Um, so wellness is very, very important. And I, and I just want to um, acknowledge and recognize you. Thank you for investing um, in your wellness today. Today, um, I do have some um, uh, objectives that I want to meet. By the time you guys leave today, we want to be able to know the definition of what wellness is. We want to know a little bit of the wellness wheel and what the concepts or the components of that is, um, and then also some strategies on how to manage stress. How many of you guys know stress is real, right? Stress is real, and we all feel stress. We all feel overwhelmedness. Even there's there's even good stress. So us even walking from one point to the other, you coming out of your vehicle, your car, and coming into the sanctuary, that puts stress on your body. So that's good stress, and then there's bad stress. Um, at the end, there is going to be time for some questions. Um, uh, thank you, Pastor Eric, for the introduction. Um, I am an associate marriage family therapist. I am also the department director of um, El Concilio's Behavioral Health Services in San Joaquin County, um, Stanislaus County, and we just also connected with Calaveras County. So I, I oversee about seven uh, seven programs that have to do with behavioral health. Um, and so one of the things that we're seeing in all of these programs, um, we're seeing that that people are reaching out. People are reaching out. They want to know, how do I keep healthy? How can I keep, um, you know, healthy and, 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 and also be well? And, and not just for themselves, but for their children, for their spouses, um, for their family members. Um, so this is a great time to talk about wellness. This is a great time to talk about how good God is He and how God shows up and he reveals himself to us. Amen. And so tonight, it's not just only about wellness, um, but it's also about um, us um, um, continuing this love relationship with the Lord that he calls us into. How many of you guys know that the Lord has called us into this love relationship? And in this love relationship, we're co-laborers with God. We're co-laborers with the Lord. He doesn't just call you by name and, and says, okay, there you go. He's alongside of us. And, and I prayed that today, everything I, I've prepared uh, may also um, do that, that the Holy Spirit may touch us and talk to us. Amen. All right. So today's topic, as you can see it up in the screen, is adult wellness. Okay, um, and we're going to get into this. So, what are what are our learning objectives? And at the end of our um, of the presentation or this um, web, um, 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 workshop. Um, you can ask um, about these PowerPoints and you can get it. So we can send it to you digitally. I'll give it, I'll give it over to Pastor Eric and he can get it, get it out to you guys. Okay, so our learning objectives, what are, what are they today? It's defining terms. So we're gonna look at some Bible verses that talk about wellness, talk about what God says about us and our bodies. Okay, we're gonna talk about the definition between what is wellness. We're gonna, be, we're gonna talk about be well for you. What does it mean for us being well? How does it affect people around us? And I'm gonna present to you a 
a wellness wheel. Maybe you've heard of this. Maybe you have not heard of this. And um, in the year 2000, a couple of psychologists, they got together and they said, hey, these are the components of being well. So we're going to go into each dimension um, and each component um, tonight. Also, we're going to talk about strategies in managing stress. Like we said, right, we all have felt stress before. We're going to talk about reframing, what that means. Okay, we're going to talk about breathing. And I know that a lot of times we've heard of breathing before and we're like, yeah, you know, yeah, I can breathe through my nose and out through my mouth. But there's a a way to do it where you're able to relieve stress. Okay, and that almost happens immediately. Right. So getting oxygen to the brain happens immediately, Um, getting it there and then getting calm and feeling calm. That takes us to our resources, which is going to be the calm app. There's on your phone. There is an app that you can use that can help you stay calmer during the day. You believe that? And then also a little fun bingo self-care. I'm going to go ahead and, again, all these, all these resources will be available to you. I wanted to present those resources. So after this at home next week, you know, you can look at this and say, hey, I'm going to scratch off some of these self-care um, bingo ideas for myself. Okay? All right. So those are our learning objectives. So when I looked at the word of God, right, because we trust in God's infallible and perfect word. And when I looked at these verses, they really spoke out to me and I wanted to share them with you tonight. It says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Psalms 139, 14, very, very common scripture. You and I were fearfully and wonderfully made. The Lord put us together, amen? The amount of um, neurons and the amount of, of um, uh, energy that it takes for us just to move a finger, amen? It is amazing the way that the Lord made us, amen? And so he made us with emotions, he made us with feelings, and he made us with all these other things that we need to be aware of so we know how to manage our wellness, Amen. The next verse says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Amen. For our bodies to be a living sacrifice. For my body to be a living sacrifice, I need to be well. Okay. I need to be well. And so we're going to go into what that means. But that's a great scripture to remind us that our bodies are as living sacrifices and, and, and that it's true and proper worship to the Lord. The next scripture is, do, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. And then the last verse here, Proverbs 4, 23, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Amen. So we have to guard our hearts. We have to be able to have a strategy for wellness. How do I keep well during the pandemic? How do I keep well? How am I good for myself, for my children? Have you guys ever traveled and you're in an airplane? And what do they tell you first? What do they say? In case of an emergency, you put on the mask first, right? And a lot of people say, what do you mean? You know, they've come to me and I use that technology all the time in counseling and in therapy. I say, I'm glad you're here. You have to put that mask on first. But what are you talking about? My children are more important, right? And yes, we have to model, okay, good wellness for our children. We have to model um, what it is to be a living sacrifice for our children and for our family. Because what happens when we're not well? We're a ticking time bomb and we blow up and we can blow up with anyone, but usually it's around the people who are around us, right? Which is our spouse, our children, right? Our ministry partners, maybe our pastor, 
right? They have nothing to do with what's going on. But we're taking time bomb because we haven't made uh, the efforts to stay well, okay? Or not, or or we haven't been aware. So that's the ob- objective today: it's that we become aware of how we feel, how is our wellness, so that we can be good for ourselves, good for our children, good for our ministry, good for our families, good for our coworkers. Right? We all have right. We've all been there at work, right? And some was just explosive, right? A lot of stress right? People feel overwhelmed. We have to recognize that, okay? There's a term we use in the counseling world that we say we have to name it to tame it. Name it to tame it. A lot of times, you know, we feel a certain way, but we're used to just kind of burying under, right? And just keep on going. We got to keep on going. We got to keep on going. We have to name it to tame it. So we have to know what to name it, what to call it, how we feeling, okay? And so these Bible verses, definitely, when I, when I looked at it, um, it spoke to me. It spoke about how I'm a living sacrifice. It, it spoke to me how I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It spoke to me about how God wants me to use my body, which is to worship him, and how I need to be well and guard my heart, okay? Against what? Against the stresses of life, against the pandemic, against worry, right? We've all had excessive worries, right? Where we have not been able to fall asleep, right? Some people tell me, well, Pastor Alex, I can, I have a, I have trouble falling asleep. Other people say I have trouble staying asleep. Okay. And so we're going to talk about sleep deprivation as well. Okay. And what sleep deprivation means and how many hours we should be getting. So we'll, we'll, we're going to go into that in our, in our, in our study today. So faith and health, what's the connection? They go together. Faith and our health go together. Okay, Um, and one of the biggest reasons why is because our faith needs to be activated. And when our faith is activated to see all the great and good things God has for us, then we truly can say that we're looking at our health and we're being we're healthy. So we need to have a healthy spiritual life. Right. We need to have also a healthy body. Okay, and we're going to talk about what that means. So wellness, wellness can be defined as an interactive process of becoming aware of and practicing healthy choices to create a more successful and balanced life. Okay, that's the goal there. Successful and balanced life. There's a lot of things that we're juggling, right? All at the same time. It almost seems like it's it's too much to juggle. We have to be able to balance, okay? Balance things out. Um, Another word that I like instead of balance is healthy boundaries, Seems sometimes that we take on too much, right? We have an add-on problem. We add everything to our plate, but we never balance out our plate. We need to be able to balance our plate. What can we do? How can we do it? And a lot of times, you know, we say yes to things that we really want to say no to, or we say yes to things that we really say not now. It's important for us to have these healthy boundaries. It's important for us to be able to balance things out. Okay. So you have to know and understand how to become well before you are well. We need to understand that. So I would like to add, it is the uh, appreciation for the forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life, which have been given to believers by God through Jesus Christ and involves being aware of the level of health and well-being in each area of our life. Okay. I love that. So Being able to be well, it's also acknowledging that we've been forgiven, right? That we have salvation and that we have eternal life um, through Jesus Christ. So also knowing that we're well has to to do um, with our faith in the Lord. It has to do with our relationship with God, 
right? If our relationship, if our relationship with God is lacking, right, then we're not, we can't say that we're really well in that area, right? Um, and so it needs to be well. It needs to be good. We need to have that relationship with the Lord. We need to be into this love relationship with God, and we need to have encounters with God. Amen? At home, at church, with our family, with our friends. Um, it's very important. So it's growth. Wellness is growth and it's balance, right? We don't want to stay in the same place, right? We want to grow. We want to grow. And also we need to learn how to balance those things in our life. So wellness has to do with growth and balance. So we need to be well, um, be well for you. And then also you need to be well for others. The practice of honoring our bodies isn't about glorifying our body. It's about glorifying God. Amen? The practice of honoring our body. So again, a lot of times when we talk about wellness, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're going to be at the gym six days out of the week or in your, you know, you're going to purchase you know, all this gym equipment in your garage. You're going to turn your house into a, a gym, right? I mean, some people like that, right? I mean, it's okay. But it doesn't mean you know, that we have to be in tip-top physical shape. I mean, you know, I'm not as fast as I used to be anymore. I used to run track and my son run, um, ran country, um, um, cross country and my daughter as well. And they always want to race me. And I tell them, well, you know what? I can't run as fast as you anymore. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's not about our bodies being perfect. Wellness is much more than just your physical appearance or just your bodies. If we don't prioritize our wellness, who will? Who will? Right. No one's uh, behind you, right? We don't have interns, <laughs> right, behind us managing our schedule and managing, you know, I mean, we have probably our iPhone that tells us when, when right, when to, when to drink water or when to, you know, calm down, you know, but a lot of times, you know, if we don't do it, who else is going to do it? It has to be important to us. Wellness is also a balance of many things that can get us to a place of feeling and being healthy. So it's not just about feeling healthy. It's also being healthy. And how many of you guys know that when you feel healthy, guess what? You have more energy, right? To do more things. You're not relying on, a, on, on Starbucks, even though Starbucks and coffee is really good and real delicious. And I see that you guys also have coffee here. And I've tried uh, the coffee here. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, right? But it's, it's about being able to have enough energy because a lot of times we have low energy, right? And if we have low energy, we don't want to do anything, right? And if we don't want to do anything, then things don't get done, right? So it's about prioritizing, right? It's about um, wellness um, being important to us and having a balance. So health is a state of complete spiritual, and notice how I put spiritual there first, right? Because Jesus, right, and our faith is the center of everything, right? God is priority. So spiritual, physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm not sick. I'm good. I'm fine. I haven't seen the doctor in a year. I haven't seen a doctor in two years. I haven't seen a doctor in five years. I'm fine. I'm well. But just because there's an absence of, the, of, a, of a disease doesn't mean, doesn't mean that you're doing well. Okay? And that, I think, is the importance of being aware of what is, a well, what is well-being and how to get there. And the whole thing about naming it to tame it, right? Because it's not just about our bodies. There's other areas. There's other dimensions. There's components that we need to balance, okay? Now, this is not in the slides, but I just thought about this. There's a hormone inside your body called cortisol, okay? Maybe you've heard of cortisol before. It's a stress hormone 
Now, you know, this is how great technology is. Now in therapy and counseling rooms, we can measure the amount of cortisol inside of a person's body. And we can actually say, from the cortisol that I, you know, that, that you know, in your body, I can tell that you're very stressed out. <laughs> um, before we couldn't do that. We, 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 were, we were having to wait for the person to say, you know, I'm stressed out or I'm going through a situation or this is problematic or I'm not, I'm not doing well. But now we can actually measure, okay, the cortisol hormone in a person's body and say, you are stressed out. And hopefully after the counseling session, after the therapy, after we connect them with different different resources or, you know, some people need to talk to the Lord, you know, and they need to go in prayer, right? And they're able to feel better and calmer and then their cortisol levels actually go down. That's amazing, right? But why, why, why do we have that hormone? Why does that cortisol exist? It's to tell us when we're not well. And for us to acknowledge that I need something else. I need prayer. I need to go to the Lord. Amen. How many of you guys have said that before? You're stressed out. You're overwhelmed. You said, I got to go to the Lord right now. Yeah, come to church. <laughs> exactly. Right? Me and my wife now, you know, we have a little saying that we, we say to each other when we're stressed out and, you know, we say it's kind of hard being around you right now. <laughs> and we know that's our safe word. Right? And she doesn't take it wrong. You know, I don't take it wrong. And I'm like, okay, that means time out. <laughs> that means I'm being too negative. That means I got to eat. That means I got to go to sleep. <laughs> um, but you know what? We talk about it. We say, I'm not doing well right now. And what is, why is that so important? It, you know, we have to name it to tame it. Right? If, we, if, if, if we're just moving along, things, you know, things are great. Things are great. Things are great. Then we never really acknowledge what we're feeling. And we never get it fixed. And what happens is it's just a Band-Aid, right? And we get used to it, right? So just because we feel good doesn't mean we are good. Our well-being affects those around us, how you feel. So that's why it's so important um, for us to really ask ourselves, how am I doing right now? And sometimes, you know, if, 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 if um, you have somebody around you that's really truthful with you, you can ask that person. It could be your spouse, right? It could be your son or your daughter. You know, you can say, you know, um, how do, you know what's going on? Do you think I'm approachable? <laughs> do you think I've been nice lately, right? And they can tell you. They'll tell you if you let them tell you. So our well-being affects those around us. So we have to be well, okay? So look at this. Top 10. Top 10 causes of death in the U.S., okay? Top 10. And the reason why I wanted to add this on here, because we really need to look at our well-being, okay? And if we need to make some adjustments and changes, then we need to make them, amen? Right now, we're going through a study um, in, in, my, in my Bible study um, class um, that's called Encountering God. And basically, it talks about us making adjustments when we need to. When the Lord reveals something to us, we need to make adjustments, okay? I'm acknowledging that I've been drinking a lot of soda lately. <laughs> so I talked to my wife. I said, when you see me reaching for a soda, tell me no. Grab some water, right? I have to adjust. I have to make adjustments. That's the same thing that happens in our life with the Lord, right? We're living with the Lord. We're in this journey. And then what happens? A crisis of belief happens. It causes us for adjustment. We need to make adjustments when God reveals something inside of our lives and when we acknowledge that we need to tame something in our life, okay? So look at this, heart disease, cancer, lung, lung disease, stroke, accidents, Alzheimer's disease, disease, diabetes, kidney disease, influenza, pneumonia, and suicide. 
And now we've, because of the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of people um, really depressed and a lot of people contemplating suicide that have never contemplated suicide before. We've seen an up, a rise in all of that. And I don't have to be here to tell you that. You probably have family members who are sad. Some people haven't seen, um, you know, the um, families haven't seen babies that have been born, right? It's been a while. I, I have friends and family that have had children and I haven't been able to see a couple of my, uh, my cousins. Um, and so imagine also people who are living in different, um, you know, like in boarding care homes or convalescent homes, you know, um, low visitation, you know. So a lot of people are just feeling depressed and they're feeling sad. Um, so that's why well-being is very important. And also because also um, it's important when we carry the message of the Lord. Amen. Not just so much the well-being of, of our bodies, but also the well-being of our souls. Amen. I remember a preacher once said, you know, the devil doesn't care about your car. The devil doesn't care about your big house. He cares about your soul and he attacks your soul. That's so important. Because a lot of times we think the enemy is coming here against all the material things that we, we have accomplished or all the great things that we have. He's coming after our soul and we have to protect it and guard our hearts. Amen. So what are the aspects? The aspects of who we are. Okay. Spiritual, social, emotional, intellectual, physical, occupational, and environmental. These are the aspects of who we are. This is what we're juggling. Okay, this is what we're juggling on the daily basis. And we're going to break them down and, and, and look at what really, what does it mean? What does it mean? What is it, the part of, of, of the aspect of spirituality or social, emotional, intellectual, physical, occupational, and environmental? But these, this, these are important to us. Okay, now maybe you didn't know or say, you know, really, you know, maybe it is important to me. Maybe it's not, but it makes up who we are. Okay, as human beings. And so... This is the personal, um, uh, the will of wellness, okay? Um, and basically, it's the emotional, occupational, intellectual, environmental, spiritual, physical, and social. We're going to go through these um, in a minute. So these are the dimensions, um, and the, the first dimension, dimension one, which is spiritual wellness. So what is this? This is your relationship with God, okay? This is your Bible reading, okay? You know, when you come to church, when you have your devotional time, when you have your one-on-one, when you have your worship, you know what that is? That's an appointment that you have with the Lord. And when you don't meet that appointment, God just doesn't say, okay, where are, you know, this person's not here. No, God says, where are you? So every time, amen, when we have a meeting with the Lord in our Bible reading, in our devotion, in our church attendance, that's an appointment with God. And he just doesn't simply say, okay, that's cool. He looks for us. Where are you? So that is important. Our relationship with the Lord is important. A lot of people say, what is God's will for my life? Amen. God's will for our life is that we have this one-on-one relationship, this intimate relationship. Amen. And that you see him work in your life and that you look around you and notice what God is doing and join in. Because a lot of times we say, God, what is your, what is my purpose? It's, it's easy. Look around and look what God is doing and join in. That is your purpose. So look at what your church is doing. Look at what's happening around your family and join in and say, God, I want to be part of this. So church attendance is important. Discipleship is important. Bible reading is important. Discovering your purpose and discovering your meaning. We have now, research has shown that people with faith, amen, are able to have more resilient than people who don't have any faith. 
That's important. Resilience means the ability to jump forward. Jump forward after a situation. So people with faith, people with a relationship with God are able to get up quicker, faster, okay? And they're able to do and and accomplish their goals. Man, that's important. That is like um, breaking news, right? They're finally saying faith is a big factor on how we're able to get back and do what, you know, do life, okay? Discover your purpose. Discover your meaning. It has to do with our spiritual wellness. Our faith needs to do with our spirit, has to do with our spiritual wellness. Getting connected with your local church, with your church here, amen, is, is definitely a spiritual wellness. So when we talk about spiritual wellness, it needs to be the center. It needs to be the first thing that we look at when we look at who we are as a person. And that needs to be well, okay? Um, at the end, there is a spiritual wellness um, um, sheet that you can actually um, grade from zero to 10 where you're at, okay? And that's not for you to feel guilty, Okay, that's for us to name it to tame it. Okay, it's not to be like, oh my goodness, my spiritual wellness is a one or it's a two, right? Well, get it to be a five, get it to be a six. If it's a six, why isn't it a seven? Why isn't it a five? Okay, getting there and you'll be able to kind of do this on your own. Okay, so you can say where you're at. Our next thing here, our next dimension, dimension two is social wellness. This is about relationships, Okay, respect, community interaction. Okay, there's people sometimes they're just they're fighting with everyone. <laughs> it's like you're you know you're part of the long the long line. You know our social wellness has to do with our relationships. Do we have positive relationships? Okay, and again, I don't want you to feel guilty and bad and be like, oh my goodness, I'm fighting with everybody. You know, uh, yeah, things are never going to get better. No, name it to tame it. Our relationships need to get better, okay? My, you know, um, my community interaction needs to get better. How are we getting along with others, okay? It's very, very important. And how do we relate to others, you know? What does that mean? How do we relate to others? In other, in other words, am I approachable? Can somebody come to me? Can, can, can somebody ask me for prayer? That's always a good one, right? You should be able, amen, for people to come up to you and ask you for prayer and you put hands on them. I remember I was at work and, uh, you know, um, you know, once they, you know, people find out you're a Christian, you know, they, they're, you know, they say all these things, right. All these jokes, but when things are tough in their life, they come and say, can you pray for me? Right. And you're like, okay, right. You're in the lunchroom or you're in the parking lot. And I remember I prayed for this person and she just started to cry. And she said, I've never been prayed for before. And, um, you know, we invited her to church and she was able to come with her family. Amen. And that was, uh, an opportunity um, for me um, to let her experience God, amen? And God revealed herself through that prayer. So prayer is powerful. Prayer moves the hand of God, amen? We all know prayer moves mountains. Um, it's very important. So if we're fighting with everyone, <laughs> right? If we're not approachable, how will we get the opportunity to be able to pray? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you said it, Pastor Eric. Connections are very important. And thanks to neuroimaging, now we can see what the brain is doing. Before we would guess, have you guys ever heard that commercial that said, this is your brain on drugs, and there was like a little egg, right? And they would say, you know, this person has black, you know, black holes in their brain. Now with neuroimaging, right, where you say, no, they weren't black holes. There were just areas in the brain that it was inactive. You weren't using that brain. So, I mean, that part of, the, of your brain. So what happens is that when a person even experiences trauma, they experience a lot of stress, they're not connecting, they're isolating. But what happens is that part of the brain shuts down. A good movie to watch is Inside Out. Have you guys watched that movie? With the, it's, a car, it's a children's cartoon. It's like all her connections, you know, once there was a stressful situation, started to break down. And so what happens is we isolate, Right. We suffer in silence. Have you guys heard that before? When we have a church family there waiting to pray for us, waiting to connect. You guys have groups. That is awesome. Being able to connect on that level. But yes, our connections, and we were made for connection. How many of you guys know that? We were made for connection. We were made to relate. But when we're fighting with everyone, right, and we're not approachable, right, we're isolating, and we say, I'm going to suffer in silence, and they got to call me. Right. They got to come in, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to bless them with my presence. No one here because you guys are here. That's good. But, you know, it's important for us to make these connections. Right. It's important for us to have these relationships, to have these interactions. Just like Pastor Eric said, yes, we can see those areas now in the brain. They're lighting up. You're using them. Okay, And it brings wellness to us. And guess what? Also, we fulfill um, God's plan that he has for us on this earth because we get to see God's goodness. We get, to, we get to see God's transformation. The best thing you will ever see in your life is a life transformed for the Lord. Amen? When somebody can say, my mama prayed, my grandma prayed for me, and I was lost, and now I'm here. And the Lord has a plan for my life. That's amazing when the Lord is able to do those things, right? And it happens through connections. So how we get along with others and how do we relate to others? Okay, dimension three, emotional wellness. What does this mean? Does this mean that I have to cry all the time? Does that mean I have to be sensitive to everything? No. Okay, dimensional three, dimension three is emotional wellness, which means self-esteem. Okay, how well is your self-esteem? Okay, when we know that we're children of a king, when we know, okay, that we have the Lord on our side in every situation that we have, we can stand tall. We can stand firm. We can walk, amen, firmly and know that God is with us, amen? There is a story I heard, I read, there's a book I read, and it was about a lobster. And one of the things that they were starting to do, they're they're studying lobsters. And they were noticing that there is a hierarchy between the lobsters, and the lobster that had um, um, inside um, the hormones of serotonin, which, which are related to self-esteem and dopamine, feeling good about, him, about, about himself and, and, um, and, 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 and just having good self-esteem, that lobster, guess what? He got the best cave, okay? He got the best food, okay? And there was more mating opportunities. <laughs> it all had to do with that. With, with self-esteem. And guess what? The lobster that was the smallest lobster, lobster number 10, okay? When they checked him out, low levels of dopamine, low levels of serotonin. Guess what they did? 
They put them both against each um, there together. And what they did is they kind of changed their places and where he lived and where he was at. And lobster number 10 became lobster number one. And that was to show that self-esteem, knowing who you are, and I'm going to put in here, knowing who you are in the Lord. Amen? Standing straight. And, and, and the lobster number one stood straight, okay? And his posture was different than lobster number 10. What does that tell me? That means if I believe that I'm a child of God, that God has a plan and purpose for my life, I can stand straight. I can stand strong. I can be firm and I can believe that God has a purpose and plan for me. And I'm not going to be lobster number 10. I'm going to be lobster number one. Okay? That's so important. Posture. I tell my daughters, you know, stand straight, shoulders back, chin up. Why? Because you're a child of a king. Amen? So, our emotional wellness has to do with self-esteem, knowing um, who we are, amen, in the Lord. Take control. Also, taking control after a failure. What happens after a failure? Take control and trying again, amen? And not letting that failure um, really um, dictate who you are, amen? Get up and continue to go. Control of automatic neg- negative thoughts. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but there's negative, automatic negative thoughts that we, that we have. What happens is that thoughts don't ask permission, Right? They don't say, Pastor Eric, can I give you this thought? It comes. Automatic thoughts come. And what we have to do is is be able to control those negative thoughts, okay? And um, there is a resource on how we can do that later on. Find meaning after a loss. And I'm not talking about somebody passing away. There is a loss when when, when we lose things in our life, like a job, an ability. Those are all losses. So we have to find meaning after a loss, knowing that God is with us, knowing that God has not forsaken us. God is going to continue to be with us. Also, recover self-worth after a rejection, okay? That our self-worth comes from the Lord, amen? And when we read God's word, it's full of promises. It's full of promises. Um, and so this dimension helps us cope in everyday life. So it's important for us to have emotional wellness, okay? And it's connected with who you, who God says you are. Amen? Who God says you are. And because of that, right, we can have um, self-esteem, okay? We can be confident, okay, in, in what we do um, and knowing that God has called us for something great. Amen? All right. So dimension five, intellectual wellness. This is purposeful thinking, Okay, this is creative thinking. When you're sitting down and, and, and you're in your ministry and you guys are, are brainstorming, right? You have something to offer that team, right? You are going to um, um, help out in that process. So intellectual wellness has to do with your creative thinking, with purposeful thinking, the desire to be a lifelong learner, okay? There's a lot of great books out there. There's a lot of great um, um, books of, um, of our, you know, our finding our relationship with the Lord, um, you know, commentaries, devotionals. You know, it's good. Leaders are readers. Amen. We have to be able to be lifelong learners. Also, be open to new experiences, new ideas to continue growing. Something that's, 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 that I'm hearing a lot during this pandemic and COVID-19 is that we've had to adjust. We've had to try new things, right? I mean, you guys are having uh, your drive through backpack, right? Um, 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 outreach. And that's, that's beautiful. Finding new ways of doing things um, is very important. Be open to new experiences. Our minds need to be inspired, Okay. 
when, when was the last time you were inspired? Hopefully with all of um, what's going on with the workshops um, that Thrive is giving, you are inspired, amen? And especially during these wellness workshops that you're inspired, right, to be able to get, um, to get well, right? To be well for yourself and for your family. Now, goal setting. Put some goals together, right? Where do you want to be in the next, you know, what do you want to happen in the next three months and six months? You know, with COVID and all the uncertainty can kind of, you know, be different. But having that, you know, asking yourself that question, okay? Getting some goals. And then time management. That's a big one, right? Somebody said that if you don't take care of time, if, if you don't control time, time will control you, right? So being able to have time management is very important. Dimension six, physical wellness, okay? Body, nutrition, healthy Habits. Look at the the muscle, the the healthy body. Look at the healthy mind and happy human. Right. <laughs> so, body, nutrition, healthy habits, your overall health, and what you need to maintain a healthy and quality life. You know that uh, the average craving lasts about three minutes. The average craving. If you can pass those three minutes, if you can pass three minutes, guess what happens? You start thinking twice about whatever you want. The craving that you want. Some somebody told me, "What's well, getting through those three minutes? That's the hardest, <laughs> right? Because when you want something, you reach out. But you know, three minutes is a long time to withhold yourself from a craving, right? Because how many times do we withhold, you know, withhold our cravings? No, right? We want something, we go get it, right? Um, and so um, for me, recently, it's been soda, and I don't know why. I never drank a lot of soda, but now it's like Coca Cola, you know. <laughs> so now my craving, three minutes, I'm gonna have to. Wait at least that time and I'll have a little bit more control. Sleep. Sleep is very important. You know that um, sleep deprivation, what, what the significance or the meaning of sleep deprivation is? is two or more consecutive days of not getting at least seven to eight hours of sleep. I said that to a coworker today because in my preparation for today's um, workshop, um, I was talking and she, and she was like, oh, I'm sleep deprived. It's been weeks and months. And, you know, and somebody can say, you know, well, I don't, you know, do good with seven to eight hours. You know, I do better four to five hours. We think we do better four to five hours, but we don't, right? The adult needs seven to eight hours. A child needs nine to 10. Um, usually older adults, 65 and older, they need about maybe five or six, five, five or six hours. It gets kind of lower as, as you grow older. But we need, adults need a seven, eight hours, Okay. And so you can do what we call a sleep diary, okay? And you can put down a sleep log. You can put down what time did you go to sleep or lay down, okay? Sometimes we lay down, but we don't go to sleep, right? We lay down and it takes us 30 minutes to go to bed, an hour to go to bed, okay? So note down what time did you go to um, lay down? Then what time did you go to sleep? Then, okay, log in how many times you got up at during the night and how long it took you to go back to sleep. Then log in what time did you wake up? In other words, what time did you open your eyes, but you still stayed in bed? And what time did you actually get out of bed? Once you do all of that, you're going to notice how much, and then you minus the time that you were not asleep, you're going to notice how sleep deprived you are. Okay. It takes three hours for us to get into REM, rapid eye movement. That means when we're relaxed, when we're dreaming, it takes about three hours. So if somebody says, well, after I did all that, I got four hours of sleep. That means you are only one hour of REM which you only, your brain only shut off for one hour. And if we compare that to a V8, an engine, a car, you're not running on eight pistons. You're running on two or three pistons. How many of you guys know if you were driving your car, three cylinders, three pistons, 
You cannot go past 25 miles per hour, 30 miles per hour. But we've done it for so long, we think it's just normal. So a lot of us are sleep deprived. It's amazing what sleep can do. You know, people come, um, come to me, they're, you know, they're exhausted, they're stressed out. And, um, you know, finally they're able to sleep and they come back as like a new, they're a new person. Okay. And you can't catch up on sleep. A lot of people say that I'm catching up on sleep. Okay. Once you don't sleep that one day, you've lost those hours. You can't recoup them, okay? So you, you, you're not catching up, okay? Um, you know, um, you're, 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 you're getting there, but, you, but, but you're not there if you're not sleeping those seven, seven to eight hours, okay, as an adult. And exercise, right? 15 minutes of, some, of some, some kind of activity, right? I like cleaning around the house. So you know what? Sometimes I'll grab the vacuum, you know? That's my activity, you know, for the day, for the day. But 15 minutes of activity is very, very important, at least. And now with technology, you have your Amazon Alexa that tells you when, you know, when, you know, reminds you, you have your phone that tells you, you know, so that is very important. You know, take, take, take taking the stairs instead of the elevator, um, you know, during lunch, uh, you know, um, walk around the building. Um, you know, I'm not going to dictate, dictate how you should do your exercise, you know, um, but include it again. Why are we talking about this? Name it to tame it. We're talking about this so we can tame it, okay? So, dimension four, um, occupational wellness, preparing and making use of your gifts, your skills. Actually, this is not four. It's out of, um, oh, I changed it, so, but there's seven, okay? So, our next dimension is occupational wellness, preparing and making use of your gifts, your skills, your talents, okay, in order to gain purpose, happiness, and enrichment, okay? All of us have gifts. When, 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 when a person comes up to me and says, Pastor Alex, you know, what can I do in the church? I usually, first thing I ask is, what are you good at? What do you like to do? Yeah. Oh, well, I like, you know, I'm very, um, you know, I'm a social butterfly. You know, I like to say hi to everybody. I like to agree. Okay, great. Well, that's what you're going to do then. <laughs> you know, I like administrative work. Okay, great. I like working with computers. I know that, you know, these folks here have been doing a great job here setting us up today, right? And that's their passion. A quote that I heard somebody say is, once you found your passion, you will never work a day in your life. I love that statement. And I put it in my resume everywhere I go. I put it in my resume. As I love this quote. And, you know, people are so amazed. They're like, okay, they found their passion. My passion is working with people. And, man, I love working with people. So once you, once you find your passion, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. So preparing and making use of your gifts, your skills, your talents, guess what? That's going to give you happiness and it's going to bring enrichment in your life. So the occupational wellness is very important. Be able to have balance between work and family. Okay? A lot of times we can't shut it off. Right? Right. But be able to have um, healthy boundaries be, be, um, um, with, with all of that. Volunteering and mentoring. Very important. Volunteer your time. Mentor someone. We should all be mentoring somebody. Right. Praying for them. Right. Encouraging them. You know, encouragement, um, just a little encouragement can do so much. It's amazing how much little encouragement we need to really do something. But just having that encouragement means so much. Our next dimension is environmental. Be aware of God's creation. I mean, look at that beautiful lake and a little forest there. And, you know, that's beautiful. You know, we see the invisible qualities by the creation of God. We're able to go outside and we say, God, you are amazing, right? Uh, look at the canvas of, of God is the world, right? And, and the creation. So be aware of God's creation. People living in a healthy environment, guess what? They live healthier, Okay. I remember my mom used to say, a clean room is a happy room, right? Or a happy, a clean room is, a, is, is, is you know, it, it, it talks about how our heart looks like, right? So I always made sure my room was very clean, right? Um, so being able to acknowledge uh, what's around you 
Um, recycle. Recycling is really good as well. Protecting our waters and our communities, okay? So this, this has to do with just our environment and where we live, okay? So strategies with managing stress. And just basically, this is really quick. It's reframing. I don't know if you've ever heard of that word before, reframing. But it is the essential idea behind reframing is that a person's point of view depends on the frame it is viewed in. When the frame is shifted, the meaning changes and thinking and behavior often change along with it. Another way to understand the concept of reframing is to imagine looking through a frame of a camera lens. The picture seen through the lens can be changed to a view that is closer or further away. By slightly changing what is seen in the camera, the picture is both viewed and experienced differently. So reframing has to do how you look at things, your perspective. This is where faith kicks in, right? Because you're not seeing at the, the, the end, right? You're seeing all the stuff that's going on, but with faith, right, you're believing and you're trusting in God. So when we start to get stressed out, overwhelmed, we need to reframe our thoughts, right? If you come home from work, you're saying, oh my goodness, you know, I'm never going to get some time to catch up on work, right? Reframe that by saying, you know what, I'm going to make time. I'm going to make time and I'm going to separate my work time, my family time, and I'm going to, I'm going to name it to tame it. Okay. So we have to reframe. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good question, um, Pastor Eric. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, we have these core memories that kind of stick with us. And, and the whole reason why these core memories exist is for us, uh, for our survival. Okay, basically, um, in our brain, there's a camcorder. Okay. Um, it's called the hippocampus and the hippocampus, what it basically does, it records situations that you've had so that they don't happen again. For example, I got bit by, I got bit by a little chihuahua when I was four years old. Okay. Now all the little chihuahuas, even though I love chihuahuas, when I see a little small dog, guess what my brain reminds me of that day when I was four years old. So what happens is I automatically go like this. And what happens to the person or the owner of the chihuahua? What do, what do you mean? My chihuahua, you know, it's not going to bite you, you know? And I'm like, no, no, it has nothing to do with your dog. It has to do with my experience, right? So I have to tell myself, okay, that I'm not in danger, okay? That I'm not in danger. Um, and I have to tell myself um, that now it's, um, um, I'm in a different place and I'm in a different time. And that's called mindfulness. Mindfulness is being aware of the moment that you're in. So even though you might have had a bad experience, a traumatic experience, right? And I think as Hispanics, a lot of times, you know, we've all, you know, been disciplined as children, you know, and those are kind of borderline, um, you know, uh, child abuse a lot of the times. But a lot of times we talk about it, right? We share our experiences, right? We hit with the chancla and the belt and the water hose and all these things. Yeah, but you know, they're bad memories sometimes, right? Um, And so, what happens is that we kind of have to reframe those as well. So basically having to tell yourself that you are a child of God um, and that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Um, And that the Lord um, now um, um, lives inside of you, but you have to give it to the Lord. A lot of times people have not given their emotional abuse to the Lord, okay? And what happens is we carry it on, our traumas. And the Lord is our healer, not just for physical healing, but for emotional healing. And so basically we have to give it to the Lord. And that part of reframing, yes, is reminding ourselves now where we are, we are at. 
Okay. I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but yeah, the hippocampus and the amygdala are the parts of our brain that gives us, that gets us into survivor mode. What happens is that it's like a, it's like a smoke detector that's gone on and it's never shut off. Have you guys ever had your smoke detector come on and, you know, and there's a little battery missing, right? Beep, beep, beep. It's so annoying, right? What happens? What do you have to do? You have to go in there and you have to touch that little button, resets. So when we've gone through situations, bad memories, it's as if our brain is on that alert. And not until we give it to the Lord, not until we heal emotionally, not until we can do this reframing and remind our brains that I'm not, I'm not there. I'm giving it to the Lord and I've forgiven yeah, forgiveness is a big deal because if not, then we have resentment, right? And forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. But when we don't forgive, we're letting this person live rent-free in our brain. They're living rent-free, right? They're there. And that person's living along their happiest life, you know, doing life, uh, you know, it's us. So we have to forgive and we, we have to say, God, I give it over to you. Um, and those memories are, you know, don't say nothing about me, you know, about what's happened to me. It says something about them, not about me, okay? And that has to do with early childhood experiences. If you look at the YouTube video that we did last time, you can, you, you can look at ACES, which means Adverse Childhood Experience Test, and you can take a 10, um, 10, question, a, a 10 questions to see kind of, of these um, adverse childhood experiences that you've had. And after you take it, I want you to say, oh my goodness, I'm so messed up. Name it to tame it. Say, Lord, here it is. Now I know what to give you. Lord, take this, take this, take this, and let the healing begin. Amen. But if we don't do it, then we don't. Do, then then it'll never go away. And then we we also have to do this reframing. Put on those lenses, right? Put on um, the lens of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Faith based lenses. All right. So how do we do our three tips of reframing? One, notice. So you have to notice what's going on. Notice the thought. Okay. Notice the thought. What's happening? Okay. Challenge the thought. Is this really? Is this really real? Right? Is this really what's happening? A lot of times it's no. <laughs> it's not what it is. <laughs> okay? So what is it? The thought. Notice the thought. Challenge the thought. Right? Really? No one likes me? You know? No, that's not the case because I have three good friends or whatever, you know? No, <laughs> right? Cha- you know? No. You know, these people are not out to get me, right? Uh, challenge the thought. And then third, replace replace the thought with a godly thought. That's why it's so important for you to know scripture, for you to come to church, to get discipled. Because guess what? When the enemy comes and he gives you this bad thought, you challenge the thought and then you replace it with God's word, right? Just like Jesus did when when he was, um, uh, you know, um, after his fast and the enemy says, right, change this rock into, into, into bread, right? And then Jesus was able to notice what he was doing, challenge it, and then he was able to replace it and tell the enemy, right, God's word, right? The man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So notice the thought, challenge the thought, and replace the thought. That is reframing, okay? Be, you can all do that, and it happens immediately, okay? Okay? It happens immediately. When you come in and say, well, nobody likes me, that's not true. Yeah, you know, my wife likes me. My dog like loves me, right? My dog loves me. <laughs> so you challenge it, and then you replace it. You know what? No, you know, I, you know that's, that's the enemy. And God says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And God has all these promises for me. So replace the thought. Strategies with managing stress. This is four, seven, eight breathing, okay? And basically, you lay or sit with one hand on your chest and another on your belly. You take a deep, slow breath from your belly, counting to four as you breathe in, okay? Hold your breath while mentally counting to seven. 
Then release your breath and completely slowly while silently counting from one to eight. And then you repeat three to seven times until you feel calm. This is amazing. Why? Because the cortisol levels, remember we talked about the stress hormone? That's happening. That's happening in your, in, in your mind, in your brain. And then when you breathe, guess what happens? You open up the veins in your body. You open up the arteries in your body. And guess what's able to flow in there? Oxygen. And when oxygen goes into your veins, into your body and your arteries, they get to your brain and they release. Now, um, you know, the cortisol that's going on, it stops the cortisol. And then now you're calm. It's amazing what breathing can do. Also, you can breathe while saying a, a Bible scripture. You know, when you're praying, you know, don't forget to breathe. If you ever lifted weights, what do they tell you? Breathe, <laughs> right? When you're lifting your, breathe. When you're doing your squats, breathe. A lot of times we forget to breathe. And that's when we become more stressful. One, another thing that my wife and I do, and this is, I guess, I talked to her about all these thera- therapeutic interventions. So now she uses it on me. She tells me the other day, Alex, your breathing's changed. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, your breathing's changed. Are you okay? And I was like, well, I'm actually, I'm upset about this situation. You know, this situation. She got me talking because she noticed that my breathing's changed. You know, when we change, when something's going on, first thing that, 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 that happens is our breathing change. We either start breathing faster, right? Um, you know, we start maybe feeling a little anxious, okay? Um, but breathing is really going to calm that down, especially when you do it, when you're praying, when you do it, when you're reading God's word, you can use a scripture verse and you can breathe through that verse. Amen? Pick one of your favorite verses and you can do that. That is amazing. This is four, seven, eight breathing. Uh, another type of breathing is four, 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 which means you take in four, Um, You breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, blow out for four seconds, and then you relax for four seconds. I like that one. Easier to remember, four, 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 than the four, seven, eight. But the exhale has to be more, uh, much longer than the inhale. And that's, you're going to get that calming, that calming part, okay? Um, There's dynamic breathing. When you need energy, you can breathe faster, okay? So in and out, in and out, in and out, faster, and that gives you more energy. When you need to calm down, breathe slower, Okay. And when you're doing movement, you can even do dynamic, you can do it with movement. Um, you know, um, my daughter, you know, when she would go to school, you know, she would feel a little stressed out, you know, school before she would do a presentation. So I told her, breathe in, breathe out and use your finger. So breathe in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. And then she goes, but what if people see me? They're going to think I'm crazy. Well, I said, do it in your pocket. And she started doing that in her pocket and just the breathing I mean, just because so so many times we forget to breathe. It's amazing, okay? So reframing the lens, how you see things, right? Be able to notice it, challenge it, the thought, and then uh, find an alternative thought or change it, okay? And then the breathing. Those are the two things that are really going to help us out when we're anxious, when we're stressed, when we're trying to manage our feelings and our emotions. And um, we haven't named it to tamed it yet, um, but that will help out. So I wanted to give you those resources. And the last thing here, I'm doing good on time. The last thing here is resources. There is an app, a free app. And this is one of many, okay? This is called Calm. And don't worry, I don't get any uh, money from this app. This app is not my app. They are not paying me royalties on it. But this is um, what a lot of people use, okay? Download it on your iPhone or your Android device, wherever. Okay, and basically, look at it. It, it gives you a schedule of kind of doing these interventions, of, 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 of being able to sleep being able to breathe. Um, and it's just, um, it's, 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 it's made for you. 
you get to put on there your schedule and it helps you stay on that schedule. It's like having a live intern, right? Um, uh, there for your life. But Calm is one of them. Um, there's many. Uh, you can just look or search in the app store. You can, you know, um, mindfulness, okay? And mindfulness basically, basically means staying in the here and now because our brain likes to time travel. Just like what Pastor Eric said, you know, we go into the past and we go into the future. So the past is always going to give us depression or sadness. The future is always going to give us anxiety. So anytime you think about the future, you might plan for the future, but how many times we plan for something it doesn't happen, right? We get in our cars, we get a flat tire, right? We can plan for the future, okay? But sometimes it doesn't happen. So we don't need to be there in the future. We don't got to be in the past. Now, when we're planning and doing something else, that's different, right? Um, but we need to be in the present. In the moment is the only time we can do the breathing. We can control our thoughts, okay? In the present, in the moment. So we have to be more in the moment. And then the last thing here is our um, is our wellness bingo, okay? And um, um, again, I'm going to give all this to um, Pastor Eric and he can send it out to you. Um, basically, this is something you can do. And once you do everything, okay, treat yourself to some ice cream, okay? Treat yourself to a cookie, one, right? <laughs> treat yourself to something. Uh, yeah, a <laughs> Coke. But this will help you get to what you need to do, right? Participate in community service event. And I made it and I found it where it was spiritually based, okay? So we can also call this a feed your spirit goal sheet, Participate in a community service event. Read a spiritual-based motivation, um, motivating book. Exercise for 30 minutes. Take a healthy lunch to work. Examine your values to recommit to live by them. Write your thoughts for a prayer in a journal. Write down 10 reasons you are grateful today. Pray for someone in need. Do a good deed for a coworker. Smile at every person you see today, all right? Or wave. If we're wearing a mask, now we're asking people to wave, right? Because they don't know when we're smiling. Send a thankful card, a thank you card to someone. Um, give a genuine compliment to someone. Donate time or resources to a charity. Memorize two scripture verses. Make a list of your strengths. Listen to relaxing or happy music. Eat five servings of fruits or vegetables. That's probably going to be last on my list. Identify your stress triggers, how to positively, positively respond to them. So again, what we learned today about reframing and breathing. Attend a Bible study or church event. Develop or refine a skill like cooking, singing, uh, sing, paint. Go for a walk and visit with someone or take your lunch and eat outside. Okay, listen to an inspiring uh, seminar or a Thrive podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. So these are some resources for you to kind of take home. Cause I always want you to take something home. And when I do a presentation, I always want to leave something with you so you can do something during the week. Um, so that you don't just hear it once, right. You're doing something, um, um, during the week as well. Um, and that is our presentation on wellness, adult wellness. And again, Thank you for the privilege of having me here. I hope you learned something new. Um, and just thank you again, Pastor Eric, for the opportunity. Yeah, sure. So um, this is our Q&A time. Um, we do got some time. There you go, right? A little happy face there. <laughs> exactly, right? So hopefully we want to be able to be happy and be well and be like that little um, slide, better humans, right? Happy humans. Um, because when we're happy and we're, and we're experiencing the, the joy of the Lord, amen, um, it just makes our relationships around us much, much more, much better. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.